devil in the deep sense. <laughs> <laughs>
try and uh, you know start progressing. If uh, Parky, if if Marwan's determined to give the uh, an RFL a, bl- a bloody nose after you know certain things that have come out you know in the future, obviously if he's going to sort of uh, you know turn on on his other chairman uh, and tell tales, he's not going to expect their support when other things come up, is he really? No, I mean a, a lot of this. The thing with Marwan has been he, he is very outspoken and sometimes. Probably uh, once taken with with alcohol, um, he comes out with things, uh, and, and I never thought anything of it. I just thought, you know, a bit of fun. I don't see anyone that any harm in him expressing his feelings. But when something like what's just happened happened with the six points, you've got to think: is there a little bit more there? You know, is there a, a conspiracy? But a, a conspiracy, but more against Marwan than the club. I don't think I don't think the RFL have got offered as such. Uh, except you know the, the the lack of crowds at the moment might might be a bit distressing for him, but um, I think he probably has made an enemy there that you know I can't see them walking away that like he wants them to you know that the guys at the top and it could be a long term thing and I think you know the RFL they're going to have the power they'll have the the other chairman with them um, you know it, it, it is a bit clicky at times and. And, and the other thing is, with Mao and making enemies of other chairmen, it, it'll make negotiations a lot more difficult with players. You know, anyone we want in the future, and and like you say, if he needs support going down, you know, down the line somewhere, he's probably not going to receive it. Um, he, he did back himself into a little bit of a corner, I think. I, I you know, I, I love his spirit and I love the fight in him, and but I think now it's probably time to just just drop it and move on and try and try and mend a few. Uh, a few wounds and uh, you know get back on board with the RFL. Yeah, I suppose early in the week, uh, Paul uh, Marwan uh, appeared on the the um, GMR Rugby League Extra, and he says that he felt that his time at, at Salford was was really a failure. Um, what do you think? Do you think he's uh, obviously we you know we're not world beaters yet, but you know I think we're in a better position than you know when he took over. What do you think? Yeah, well, yeah. If you if we hadn't had that six points took off, we would would be like six in the table now. So obviously, it's an improvement on the last couple of seasons, isn't it? And you can on the field this season, we have been a. I think we've been a decent team on our day. We've had some good results. You can see we're we're a lot better structure wise than we were last season. I mean, last season we were all over the show really, weren't we? And uh, that that team spirit's there now. So there's something to build on. And I think I was saying to you the other day, I don't think they're that far off being a really good side I think we're sort of one or two one or two players short of, of being a really really good t- good team and uh, being right up at the top and so that that is progress the worrying thing for me is like the crowds and all this this negative things off the field and all these shenanigans and points deductions and things like that and Marwan saying this and Marwan saying that I don't think that helps and I, I think that puts supporters off and especially new supporters anyway and um, it, it almost seems like a, a bit of a a black cloud hanging over the club at the moment that needs needs shifting and um, you know we need to, I don't know it's hard it, I think about it sometimes I think you, you don't seem, seem to feel happy going watching the team at the moment I go I just go anyway because I always do but you don't feel like the same the buzz there that's been there in the past and I'd just like that to, to, to come back and like, happy times to come back because uh, they've been not been there for a while now and I miss those days mm. Parky do you think it's more of a you know the expensive level went up uh, you know, with the better players that we had, uh, which didn't deliver in in the end. Do you think it's that that obviously feeling of what could have been and what should have been, but never came? Is that that? Do you think that's what Marwan's uh, failure is all about? You think? 
Um, when you say he failed, I mean, one thing he did, he saved us. You know, we can't, we can never forget that. Without Marwan, there's a fair chance we, we you know, as a club, you know, we, we'd be, you know, I don't know, Gloucester all golds or something like that. You know, we could be that low. Mm. Um, you know, and, and God forbid we could even be Swinson. Um, but I, I don't see, I, I think failure is a bit of a, a tough word. You know, we're still in the Super League. We've not, we've not gone anywhere. We're probably in a better financial situation than we were. Um, but I, I do, I do agree. The one thing he did do was he seemed to turn his back on on the whole Salford thing. And like Paul was saying, that feeling, that that buzz that we used to get. And off air before we were talking about you know Gibbo and David Fell and all these guys from the you know the nineties and even the in the eighties we it felt a bit like ours. Do you know what I mean? It, it, it was a struggle, but it was our struggle. And now it seems like as a fan, you, you you're helpless. It's out of your hands. It's you know no matter what little part you you had to play in anything. Um, I think that's where Marwan may have failed. I think he's lost touch with Salford as it is and as a club. And I know where uh, was it Justin Harris a few weeks back came out with the you know it's a club that's lost its identity and I, I I have to agree I think that's the problem and again like Paul said that that you know that that feeling is not there at the moment and that's why a lot of fans won't go um, and that's his failure I don't think what's happened sort of on the pitch or anything like that is is the issue um, I, I think he's kind of he, he needs to get back to to basics and get the get people on board, get the fans back. Yeah, I suppose for me, um, he thinks it's probably a failure because he expected us to challenge for trophies, you know. And obviously, we haven't yet. We never, we aren't a club that that does that on a regular basis. And for me, we've kind of like kind of gone stagnant really on the field, regardless of how much money Marwan's kind of tipped in. Uh, apart from this season, obviously, because we we with the points. Uh, being added on back on, we would have been like what would it would have been sixth or something like, which would have been a, a great season, and, and that would have been you know a a, a positive uh, thing. Um, I'm just hoping because obviously it's the first for me. It's it's his first kind of real trying time as our owner um, that he, he holds his nerve and he stands his ground. He talks about being a Salford, uh, you know, one of us, and and it's all about being together. Um, for me, it's all about holding your nerve now and investing in the right people in the right places we've got like paul said we've got a good side you know full of players there a little bit more investment and obviously a lot less noise off the field uh, and some good results on the field uh, and this this club this club could be ready to go um obviously we've developed more in his ownership uh, than it was before we've got like uh, you know people like us doing things like this um, and i just think we're on the verge of, of something and i really just hope that he holds his nerve uh, Paul. Yeah, but just going back to, you know, in, in failing and that, I was thinking, and maybe not so much failure. I, I think he's been let down, badly let down by certain players that were brought in at the start. I mean, I was I was um, in my van the other day at work, and I, I stuck a little picture in the back. You know, when we signed um, Gareth Ock, Adrian Marley. Tim Smith and Rangy Chase. It was out of the Daily Mirror or something like that. And I found it in my van the other day. I remember pinning it up thinking, blimey, we've signed these players now. We could actually really be on the verge of something, you know, really challenging. And I remember thinking, God, we could be going to Edinley and Wigan and these sort of places and, and winning. And I think I got a bit wrapped up in it, really, and a bit sort of carried away. And it never quite happened, did it? And that wasn't Marwan's fault. He signed those players and put the trust in them and, 
And I think a lot of them let him down. You know, lots of Kevin Locker and that came over here getting paid a lot of money. And they didn't do the business, did they? Mm. And, you know, that must have hurt Koo Cash. And perhaps that's, that's when he says it about failing because, you know, he, he signed a lot of those players and them not performing on the pitch wasn't really his fault, was it? And, you know, perhaps that's a bit of a failure. But like you say, Rob, I think, you know, we do need to hold our nerve now because we've got a decent side there. Some good young players coming through as well. And um, if we can hang on to them, I think we need a, a bit more experience. I think we need an old head in that side, you know, you know, maybe in the forwards, a couple of forwards as well. I think we could do all right next season. My only worry is for next season, we don't get done with something like this again, you know, this salary cap. I'm hoping all that's been cleared now and the deck's all cleared and next next season we're, we're running the club spot on. There's going to be no more, more of this stuff and uh, we can just have a really good season on the pitch. Just just to go back to that, I think, you know, Paul's kind of hit nail there when he's mentioned the players that may have let him down, but it's just so unfortunate that when he came in with this big burst of enthusiasm, the Red Devolution was here, this, that and the other, if he could have had a Tim Sheens or somebody like that with that experience with him, because you can see the difference in the team. Now, it's we haven't gone for the big names. We've gone for players that fit, um, you know, a, a style and, and so on. And I don't know where Watto mentioned it in, in an interview the other week as well, that if at the start things had been different and he could have got the right advice and the right rugby people around him, he could have avoided all this. Um, but coming in blind, obviously not knowing a lot about the game, he, he, he was unfortunate. Um, he, he had the money and enthusiasm and certain people behind the scenes probably thought, right, well, and, and, and management at the time, well, look, let's spend it. Let, you know, let, let's get these high-profile players in that weren't right and weren't going to mix. Um, and that's... That's the big difference now. And I think if Marwan just, like you say, holds his nerve now for the next year and the year after, keeps him sheens. I mean, I've, I've got to say, like Paul said, I'm so impressed with Ian Watson. I think he's been just what the things he says and the way he acts, you know, for such a young coach uh, without this experience, going through all this all the time, I think he's been brilliant. So hopefully with Tim behind him, we, you know, he, he can bring us on. We get the right players and move forward, and, and hopefully the last two or three years can just be forgotten. Yeah, well, we're hoping so. But look, obviously looking back, you know, he, he changed the name, he changed the badge, changed the mascot, all but all back to devil to our heritage, Paul, and, that, and that's really pleased the fans. Um, and I thought that's, that's you know, something that, you know, you look at, and I think, yeah, he made the right decision at that point, and it and, and, and sort of buzzed everyone up, and everyone was up for it at that point. Uh, and we're just hoping that he needs to kind of make a similar kind of decision now to, to, to whip everyone up again. Uh, especially because of his obviously when he after the Warrington game he was a bit tired about what his future plans were. Um, I just think he just, he just needs like I said old old you know and 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 deliver like he did before. Yeah, yeah, and that's sort of the million dollar question now what he's going to do. Um, so it's worrying times really, isn't it? Because nobody knows what he's going to do. We don't know when he's really going to tell us. Is he is he going to wait till after the after the middle eights and you know, in, in the close season. I mean, don't forget, we've, we've got two games left and then we've got a whole new league that we're going into and that's very important. It's going to be a tough league that there's some, some big games in there and, you know, we've, we're still fighting for our Super League survival. I know people have scoffed it and said, oh, no, we won't end up going down, but with some tough matches in there, we've got to make sure we're finishing the, the, sort of the top three of that league. So, yeah, so the sooner we know um, he, what he's going to do, I think the better, really, for me. You think, Parky, that, that's going to echo that point, obviously, if we're you know, going into this middle eight, the longer he waits, the more doubt and the more fear in both players, officials, players possibly coming in, sponsors, they need to know kind of answers, don't they, really, so they can plan. Um, so for me, it's all about, you need to make the decision quick, just so everyone knows where where we are. Yeah, I, I, I do. I mean, I, I think 
or at least I hope, you know, in the back of my mind that he's he's saying these things, but hopefully not meaning it. Um, but I, I, it is, I suppose, it is a bit worrying. But at the same point, you know, you go to work every day, and, and if your manager or whatever decides he's, he might sell up, or you know, whatever the the case is, you still got to go and do your job. And I hope that's the way the players see it. You know, these are these are professional players. These are these are good lads. That, you know. It's a very small percentage that make it to, to play in Super League and you know at this level. And going into these eights, they've just got to carry on doing what they've been doing most of the year. You know, you take out two, three games this season, we, we've done well. And we are a good side, like Paul said before. Um, so from the players' point of view, I think they've just got to concentrate on doing you know, what, what they can because they need to forget about what's going on off the field at the moment. But I would rather Marwan come out and say something positive uh, and just you know, just just give everyone that little bit of boost and say, look, I'm sticking around. We'll get through this and we'll move on. I suppose if he does decide to go, uh, Paul, you know, he's, the club are in, is a bit in a better position than when he took over, and obviously will probably be more attractive to to potential sort of buyers. Yeah, they certainly. And I mean, I remember before he, he came, it was a really worrying time, wasn't it? I thought, God, what. What am I going to do with my weekends and that? What am I going to worry about all week if I've not got a Salford to <laughs> to go to? So I mean, yeah, I mean, at least now we we do seem in a bit of a better financial state, don't we? And uh, and yeah, but I can with Parky on that one. I just I just like him to to do like a bit of a rallying cry really before the the middle eights and you know pull us all together and you know go out and 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 win that mini league, finish top of that, and at least we can then take that. It's all about momentum, rugby league, isn't it? And, if we can take that momentum into to next season and really go at next season, have a really good go at it. Because, yeah, I'm disappointed with this deduction, but in a way, I'm very proud of, of Watson and Ian Watson and Tim Sheens and the players this season because they've done well. And it's not their fault that they've had points deducted because it's nothing to do with them. And if you look where they would be now, we could be up there challenging for sixth, fifth place. And we've not done that since sort of the 2006 season. So, so yeah, I think there is a lot of positives, and uh, like I said, it's about holding our nerve. Supporters as well, just just all sticking together. Yeah, I suppose being a supporter, Parky, it's it's kind of a the Salford way. You have a bit of a, a bit of a flap uh, when when things look like they could be going wrong. But you know, we do you know more often than not sort of find a way out of the mess, like we did last season uh, with a really strong mid lates and I'm hoping that we'll do the same this season. Yeah, very much. I mean, we've, we've we, as a Salford fan, you know, you know ups and downs. You know, there's always something to worry about. Like Paul says, spend most of the week worrying about it. Um, but you, you think where we were, like, like he says, just that that period, that what was it, January, uh, what, 2012 was it, something like that, when Marwan stepped up. Yeah. Uh, you know that we that we were in a dark, dark place then. So we, you know, we're nowhere near that, as in worrying wise. Uh, if he does sell up, are we in a better position? Potentially, but we'll still have, you know, we'll have a higher, you know, wage bill to pay that someone will have to come in than probably did under under John. So that's another thing to to kind of consider. And I, I don't know. I mean, I just we need him to stick around. We really do. I think I think Marwan's been been oh, overall great for us. Um, and and I just think. If he, like you said, we just need a bit, bit out of him now, that little bit more. I know he's probably down, feeling a bit, you know, sorry for himself. But if he just come out, give us a boost and the fans, we we've been through worse, and and you know, things will only get better as the song says. And um, fingers crossed, you know, next year, fresh canvas. Let's just get through these eights, 
hopefully, you know, don't end up in that million pound game because not sure my nerves can handle that. Now I'm getting on a bit. Um, so j- just have a good, you know, do what we've been doing. We can beat teams and, and then settle in and work for next season. Well, if you're listening, Marwan, the message from the podcast is hold your nerve because we're on the march again. So next bit of news, um, witness tickets uh, available still, £20 for season tickets holders, uh, Paul, uh, and 22 for non-season ticket holders. Good deal, that. A discount deal for the season ticket holders. Bit of uh, love being shown by the club. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. That's 20 quid's not bad at all, is it? That? And so it's usually a, a decent game at Widnes, isn't it? it was a couple of tight games there last season. I remember the, the one-point defeat in the end of the season. Then we went and beat them there in the in the middle eight. So, yeah, it's, 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 a good, uh, it's a good away trip, that. So I'd advise anybody to get down, get themselves a ticket and get there. Yeah, junior tickets are £13, £15 for, for, for concessions at Parker. You can also get a coach mm. travel at £11 and pick up from Shanders, the Royal Souvenir, Eccles Town Hall and the AJ Bell. If you want to get on that, it's 0161 786 1590. Um, you know, it's obviously, you know, the club looking for a, a big uh, support, away support at the end of the season to, you know, to boost morale and, and, and keep mm. the, the team going. Um. Yeah, very much so. I, you know, I, 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 just just to go slightly off track with witness, well, staying on witness, but um, 120 years ago this year was our first ever uh, rugby league game, mm-hmm. and it was away at witness. So a little bit of history uh, coming up. Um, sorry to bore you, no. um, but uh, yeah, no, we we do need a big fall. We always we, we usually do take a decent falling to witness. I think a couple of times we probably let ourselves down a bit, but. It's it's about getting. This is where we need this momentum to come in now, and you know a bit of a boost. People are low. The Warrington game was, you know, I try and forget about it, but it, it wasn't brilliant, was it? Let's be honest. Um, and it was in front of the cameras, which you know the the the, the public's at home thinking, oh, do I don't I, you know probably watch that and go no, but it will be a good game. Um, and and the prices are you know you, you can't really complain about that. I don't think. Um, but yeah, we do, and we just, we, you know, Marlon could come out tomorrow or someone from the club and give us something bigger, something good to look forward to. I think people will, will, you know, be keyed up and, and make the trip. Yeah, hopefully we'll get a big following, and that a win there will sort of boost our hopes in the uh, the middle eights to come. Uh, big news, good news that we've we've picked up um, on the internet. Uh, Salford Red Devils Rising has announced a, a junior Reds um, club, um, Paul. You know, we were all junior red back in the day, and it's a, a good step forward for me. Yeah, it's something I've mentioned to you a few times. I think it's brilliant, it's brilliant that. I mean, I loved it. I mean, my dad dug some pictures out the other day, me and me and my sister at the Christmas party, like sort of late 80s, early 90s. And yeah, it, I mean, it, that got me addicted, really. And I've just been going ever since, you know. And um, I think the kid, you, you felt part of something then, didn't you, when you had that to go to? And you used to get your Christmas card off them and. You know, go to the old disco with uh, Tex Evans and Steve Gibson and <laughs> being Bleas and people like that. And it, with me anyway, and I think Parky will say the same, it gave you that sort of loyalty to Salford and you became part of it, didn't you? And part of the, the family. And we're all part of that family now, aren't we? And, you know, you do anything for the club, wouldn't you? And I, um, that, I think that's what you've got to do with the kids now, get them, because they've not got anything since we've moved to that ground like that. And I think if you get them in while they're young, and then they become Salford supporters for life then. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I met the lads that, that I've stood with now for, I don't know, 20 years plus, in, you know, together. 
we all came through that that junior devils thing you know that's how we got to know each other people from all walks of life that I'd have never known uh, you know from all over um, it was good it, you know it's got, you got the, the players were there and the, you know they're, they're your idols at that age you know like you say Gibbo and Tex and people like that all you know, coming in and, and, and just you know joining in with the kids and that's what we need that's, that went uh, a while ago even at the back end of the Willows years we, we lost that um, and it's something again like going back to what Marwan and the kind of separation between Salford and you know the fans and the club it, it, I know it's an independent thing, and it, it, but it would be good if you know if the club would buy into it a bit. Somebody's taking control, taking it out of their hands, so it's not something they have to worry about. But you know, just let the players get involved, and let's have days where the kids can be with these, you know, meet these lads. These lads they watch every week and you look up to. You know, I I I, I can't say enough how you know what happy times they were really back then. Um, it doesn't, and again, Parky, just to interrupt you, sorry, mate. It doesn't cost a lot of money, stuff like that either, does it? You're not, to, you don't have to invest thousands and thousands of pounds into it. It's something that you can do fair on the cheap as well, isn't it? Really. Oh yeah, I mean, do you re- I don't know if you, you you remember when it was. I think you paid a fiver at the start of the year. You got your your junior devils pass, and that was it. You were in all year. Yeah. Every yeah. match at home, it was you know that was all in it. Get get you make. I mean, your parents might not have a lot, you know. A big pot of cash waiting around, and that was just easy. Just pay that, and you're in all year, and you go and you get there. And, you know, I'm bonding with your your dad, and and for me with my brothers, and that kind of thing. You know, it's it's a big event, and it's something once you once you're there, you are addicted, and you need it. And uh, we need to get these kids back involved. There are plenty of kids coming to the games, to be fair, but there's nothing for them. There's nothing at the ground. There's nothing, you know, and. Some sometimes, well, most of the time at uh, at the ground, I must admit it's freezing, um, which which isn't great. So it doesn't make for a pleasant experience. But I think something like this, making them part of it, making them feel part of the club, I I, I just see it as a massive step. And whoever's you know leading this, you know, deserves a huge pat on the back. Yeah, I'm hopefully like the the foundation lads will hopefully be able to kind of take it into the community as well. Uh, I suppose because they'll be going into schools, won't they, Paul and stuff. And if there's a you know like a, a club like this for for kids, you know they, they they feel like joining and it grows our fan base. Yeah, of course it does, and, and getting the kids there. I mean, I've noticed loads of kids there this season and that. And uh, yeah, we, we used to do it at the Willows, didn't we? All them sort of things. Kids go free if you remember that in the nineties as well that we used to do, and you know um, all the flags that we used to have there. You know, you remember them the big white flags with reds yeah. on and all that when we became yeah, the Salford Reds and yeah, it was it was good. It was good times and there's a real buzz about the club then. And there doesn't seem to be that buzz at the moment. I don't want to keep being too negative, but it's, I don't think it's dead hard to get that buzz back. You don't have to be winning every week to, to do it as long as you've got that buzz there and people people feel like they're part of something. And when it was at the Willows, you did you felt like you was part of something. And I'm sure that can come back because. We moan about the ground, don't we, in this, that and the other, but it's not a bad ground, that. And I think it'd be a brilliant ground if we was top of the league and everybody was happy. So I think let, let's just work with what we've got because I've heard all sorts of stuff on the internet recently about, oh, we're moving from the, we're going to go to another ground, we're going to do this. We're not, we're, we're there now, so let's make the best of it. Yeah, I agree with that. It's all about looking to the future. The Willows was a great place, but obviously it wasn't built for things like this. But the new ground has all the space outside uh, to, to, you know, to put. Um, you know, um, you know, rides in and, and excitement for kids, and hopefully, Parky, you know, the club will invest and, and it'll grow and grow. That's that's it. That's exactly what it needs. And you know, that opening the show, that's you know what, what I was saying. It, 
the club needs to engage now and engage with the, the, the fans, get everybody back on board. I mean, the, the, the crowd against Castleford was so disappointing. The amount of people I've spoke to just said, well, you know, there's no, they, they don't feel it so you know as much as they used to. And it's time to engage. And in, engaging with the kids first is a great way because the enthusiasm that they give does rub off on you. You know what I mean? And the enjoyment. Um, so hopefully, if the you know the club can buy into this and like you say make 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 the match day an event for them as well as things during the year. You know, like Paul said, Christmas and things like that, and whatever else. I know it's different now because the, the seasons during the summer and you know the players are away or whatever. But I just think we need to do this now. We, things are, are are dropping again. That that buzz we got for a couple of years is starting to fade a bit and. I think now the club just buy into this, and uh, and and give the you know give the community something back. I agree with you, Paul, and hopefully we'll, the club will be listening, and they'll it'll be uh, all go forward. But well, yeah, look out for the Salford Red Devils rising uh, and their announcement for the uh, the Junior Devils. We're all waiting. Uh, I can't wait to drag my son there. I don't want to lose more excited me or him. To be fair, <laughs> uh, but we'll see we'll see what happens there. Uh, so what we'll do now we'll talk about the uh, Warrington game uh, last Thursday night. You're listening to Devil in the Detail, and this is your big match review. So, Salford travelled to Warrington uh, last Thursday and went down 40 points to 14, Paul. It was a, t- it was a tough game after the, after the big news that happened during the day. It certainly was. I think it was asking quite a lot of the, the players. Really. I mean, always say players have got to be professional and things like that, but I think that must have come as a real body blow to Ian Watson and, and all the players on, on Thursday, you know, not getting any points back. And, you know, what a tough place to go as well, you know, going to Warrington, who are probably pound for pound one of the best sides in the league on their own patch as well. So it was always going to be a, be a tough night. And, uh, you know, the lads made a fist of it in the first half. It was very, very close for the first 35 minutes. But that sort of patch, that 15 minutes, sort of 10, 15 minutes, five minutes either side of half time sort of swung the game in Warrington's favour. Yeah, Salford started with Gaz O'Brien at full-back, Mason Caton-Brown, Greg Johnson, Josh Griffin, Junior Sal, Rob Lewis, Michael Dobson, Craig Kopchak, Logan Tompkins, George Griffin, Josh Jones, Ben Murdoch Masala and at loose forward was Mark Flanagan on the bench uh, for Salford. Wellaraki, Adam Warren, Jordan Warren, and Sean Kenny. Sean Kenny going back to his old club uh, soon after his Salford debut, uh, Paul. You know, he, he, apart from obviously not putting the ball down over the line uh, in the second half, he had a quite an impressive uh, display. Yeah, he's, he looks a steady player. You know, he he, uh, he does a lot of tackling and quite a lot of uh, good runs from dummy half as well. And he looks like he's got a lot of potential there, uh, young Sean Kenny. I felt sorry for him, really, because it was good work from Junior Sowler. And sort of, we just, we had a little purple patch there in that second half, you know, 20 minutes to go. And um, that pass from Sowler, I mean, it looks easy to score, really. Plus, the pressure got to him a bit. And, uh, you know, he'd been chucking it down, so his hands might have been a bit greasy. But got to take them opportunities. And if he had it done there, you know, 22-14 with 20 minutes to go, could have been a different story. We still would have been eight points behind, but we were starting to, to come back into the game. So, you know, I hope that doesn't affect his confidence too much and hopefully he'll, he'll bounce back at, at Witness this Friday. Yeah, Salford opened the scoring with a try from Junior Sal, little kick through uh, by Rob Lewis. Uh, you know, Warrington at that point, Paul, um, weren't completing sets, they were dropping the ball and, and we, we were the, the, the team on top uh, and fully deserved that, that opening score. They certainly did, yeah. I mean, we were 4-0 up there for... Uh, 
for what till the till the twenty first minute till till Joe Westerman scored. So you know we we, we were living with, with Warrington there, and uh, you know we we missed a we missed a penalty goal as well. Gareth O'Brien decided to go for the penalty, and he missed that, and he missed the conversion off the try. So you know sometimes I was talking to my dad on on Thursday, and we were saying how vital it is to go, you know, um, to get those goals and go up in sixes rather than fours, because you know you bang them two over, and it's eight nil. But you know Warrington came back into it then and, and got that try with Joe Westerman and. Poor defending, I thought, for the for the three Warrington tries. You know, poor defending for the, from Sal and and well, Iraqi for the two Ryan Atkins tries. I mean, they made him look a world beater, Ryan Atkins, and I don't think he's he's a great centre, but it was poor, and um, we we sort of fell asleep there for the last last five minutes of the first half. Yeah, it just shows how, how important it is that you know when teams are struggling, like Warrington were in that first sort of twenty minutes, Paul, that you have to put your you know your foot on the gas and and put your th- foot on their throat. Uh, for me. We didn't really kind of build enough pressure on Warrington at that point. Uh, Warrington were there for the taking a couple more tries in that period and the game would have been hard. But unfortunately for us, we weren't able to capitalise on that. And, you know, Warrington showed the, the team they are and, and, and came back and bit us with a, a good try from Joe Westerman. Yeah, they certainly did. And the man who was the fawn in our side all night really was Chris Sandow. I mean, he was missing uh, Gidler, but, but Sandow was amazing. He kicked two 40-20 kicks and... There was one in the second half where he kicked a 40-20 and in the next set um, he worked the ball, put a grubber kick in, chased his own grubber kick up, tackled the Salford man behind the line and got Warrington the repeat set. So he's working all the time. His work rate's phenomenal and just the little things he does in the game. I mean, real, real class player and um, he was the difference. I thought he was the difference between the two sides. I think Warrington really missed him earlier in the season when he got injured and uh, yeah, he was a thorn in our side all night. Yeah, obviously Warrington showing the, the class side they are uh, with a, a brace from uh, Ryan Atkins, uh, Paul. You know, obviously you said that, you know, we didn't have too much of a good game, but it shows that with that sort of 10-minute uh, period either side of our time, uh, that that's what good teams do. They're able to go up an extra level and, and we weren't able to deal with it. Yeah, I don't, I don't really want to, to bag Ryan Atkins off. I wasn't really saying that, but they were good finishes. He, he did well. He showed pace and they were, they were classy tries. I just thought from our point of view, a defensive point of view, I thought we got turned out inside out a bit too easy there, Junior Sal and Will Iraqi for both the tries and there were sort of tries that perhaps should have been prevent, prevented with better defence and it was disappointing because it was five minutes before half-time, it's 6-4, you're well in the game and then you go in at half-time, 18-4 down, you're conceding two, two what I thought were soft tries really. Yeah, but I was saying, neither was a rugby league coach and it does seem to happen quite a lot. That, you know, just before our time, just after our time, you're giving teams a, a kind of a, a 12 point buffer there, Paul, every week. And, and obviously, even the best teams can't survive, you know, doing that, can you? No, you can't. And it's something that's happened, you know, for a fair few years now. And, you know, all the time I've watched Salford, really, things like that have happened. And, you know, it's concentration a lot of the time as well, isn't it? And you've got to, you've got to stamp that out of your game. And, uh, you know, sometimes you can get away with it, can't you, against certain teams, you know, teams that are in around you in the table, but you go to the classier size, and Warrington are up there, aren't they? They're going to be challenging this season, you know, they've got a chance of winning the Cup, they're up there to finish top of the league, so they're probably going to make the top four. They're going to be sniffing for the grand final, so they're a good side, and you can't afford to give them any help, really. Yeah, and then Solver hit back through a try from Josh Griffin, uh, good to get back on the score sheet, good turn of pace and a uh, good strength to get over. To be honest with you, Josh Griffin doesn't look like he's been away, really. He's like the cast game last week. I thought he, he slotted straight back in. It didn't look like he'd been out because he'd been injured for quite a long time, hadn't he? So he came straight back into the side and I thought he was one of the better players, uh, Josh Griffin, on uh, on Thursday night against Warrington. I also thought his brother, George Griffin, was, as we'll go on to in a bit, I thought he was the man of the match. I thought he was fantastic again. And um, the, way, the way he 
plays every week and runs his blood to water. It's phenomenal to watch and the effort that that lad puts in and the commitment he shows. I thought it was, uh, you know, it was best best forward on the pitch for us on on Thursday. Yeah, and then the the Kennedy the Kennedy chance uh, where he where he bombs the try. Uh, yeah. He scores there, Paul, and it and it's in its game on, isn't it? Yeah, well, it was a twelve point turnaround really because they went up the other end of the pitch and Joe Westerman scored and then they increased the lead to twenty eight eight. So you've gone from perhaps twenty two fourteen to twenty eight eight. So the game's gone then, and um, it's just really damage limitation then for the last twenty minutes. You know, trying to hold Warrington out. Yeah, Warrington definitely found that found the gear then um, and showed you know why, why they're such a, a a good side going through the you know the, the moves. You know, there's no, there wasn't any panic. There was no kind of like, you know, off the cuff stuff. It was all measured, uh, and we weren't able to deal with it with a what it was three try burst. No, he wasn't. And the other young, the young lad there, a standoff called Declan Patton, who had a good game as well, coming up with a couple of tries and kicking the goals as well. So they're showing that you know they've, they've got lads to bring in there. You know, with the likes of Gidley being out, because Gidley's a big, a big man for them. He's a big miss, and the young lad there, Patton, came in and, and did really well. And uh, yeah, we got a try back with ten minutes to go from Robert Louis. Good work from Louis. You know, he, I thought he, he had a quiet game again on Thursday. He didn't really. He put a couple of he put a good kick in for Sal in the first try, but he sort of goes missing them for a the bit in the game, and you, you can't afford to do that. And he popped up there and 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 scored a good try there. But I think sometimes he needs to just be a bit more confident in himself and and sort of back himself and run at the line a bit more. He, he tends to sort of go sideways and then go hiding. So not really a major criticism of him. I'd just like to see him get involved a bit more. Yeah, I, I agree with that. You know, Rob Lee is one of our strike players, and with that step at the, the round the scrum, it, you know, given the opportunity, give him a bit of space, he can, he can do teams a lot of damage. And I suppose it's up to him. You know, if he feels confident enough to go through the line, uh, when he does go through the line, Paul, it's it, you know, it's a certain try, really. Certainly is, yeah, and, and he does sometimes. He, I think we've got a few players like that on the side who are confidence players, aren't they? And when when the team's running low on confidence, you know, it, it's hard for him to get the reds up and. Uh, but, but there's no reason why not. I think you know Robert Lewis is a good player, and I just I just like to see him be a bit more confident in his ability because he has got a lot of ability, and uh, I just like to see him showing it a bit more. Yeah, looking at at the, at the stats, Paul, uh, our tacklers Logan Tompkins with 34, George Griffin with 44, Flanagan with 38. So the forwards did you know did a good job. They they, they tackled all night uh, against the strong Warrington team. They certainly did. I don't think you can have any uh, any qualms there. Um, the tries that they did score, I mean, they didn't they didn't really bust us down the middle. I thought the forwards stood up to them, stood up to them well because they've got a big pack. Warrington, you know, lots of uh, Ashton Sims there, running at you and the Ben Curry as well. You know, very promising young back rower that they've got. They've got some size there in in the in the side, and I thought we dealt with them. Really, there, George Griffin, as I mentioned before, worked worked really hard again. So uh, that that side of our game, I thought was okay. Yeah, uh, top meter makers. Uh, we've got Greg Johnson with 146, George Griffin with 144. Uh, Caitlin Brown with 108, Rob Lewis with 101, uh, Joshua Jones with 76. Um, you know, they, they made big metres. Uh, like you said, George Griffin leading the way for, from the forwards with 144. You know, had an outstanding season and, and he's uh, certainly, you know, keeps moving forward with an average gain of nine metres a carry. Uh, it shows that he's uh, he makes big metres as well. Yeah, he certainly does. And I think I've been really impressed with him this season. I've said it a few times. I've thought he looked a bit small in that whole game and worried for us a bit. But he's he's come on leaps and bounds, hasn't he, all the way through the season and seems to get better and better every week. But his work rate's phenomenal. He's tackling and I just like like his style of play as well, the way he runs the ball and he, he runs it in like he means it. And that's always great to see that with with a forward. And you know he's only young as well, so he's only going to get better. And 
I was just thinking to myself the other day, who's going to take over as captain, you know, from when Tommy Lee, if, if he's to go, you know, the speculation of him going and, uh, you know, Craig Copjack, George Griffin could, could be up there for that because they're both, uh, both good leaders and good workers. Yeah, Mason Caton Brown and Greg Johnson on the wing uh, again this week, are both averaging uh, over, well, sort of nine metres a carry. Um, but the likes of uh, Carney and Vido, not, not not in the team, they're putting up a good, uh, you know, show uh, to keep the shirt, aren't they? Certainly are. Mason Caton Brown, yeah, I think it's going to be hard for Daniel Vido to shift him out of the team because. Um... He was a bit off, off scratchy against Warrington, but we we all were, weren't we, against Warrington? It was a bit of a poor performance in the second half. But against Castleford especially, I thought he looked a totally different player. And I think I said that last week. He looked he looked bigger and um, he looked a lot more confident, a lot more better better in defence. And um, yeah, I think he's going to take a bit of shifting now because I've you know I've not been that impressed with what I've seen from Daniel Vido. Whether he's not fully fit or not yet, I'm not too sure. But I think um, you know, Kate and Brown's made a good case to to play it on uh, on Friday at Witness. Who's your man of the match, Paul? George Griffin for me. Um, I said that on, on on Thursday night straight after the game. I thought he was fantastic. Um, the performance that he put in, the graph that he put in, and um, the tackling. I thought he was uh, was head and shoulders. Him, him and Cop Jack definitely. But I'm just edging George Griffin. You know what I think I, I'm going to kind of go for uh, maybe like you said, Josh Griffin was was up there. Cop Jack again uh, leading as well, making some big meat as far as as well. Uh, Flanagan as well, you know he, he worked his blood to water as well, and you know I, I suppose it's it's one of them really against the top sides. You, you've got to graft, um, and hopefully you know the your top players and who, who can make a difference, you know do make a difference. But unfortunately didn't manage to do it on a Thursday night. No, no, but you, you won't be playing Warrington every week, and you know this week against Widnes, I don't think they're quite in the the category of, of Warrington. So um, we've got to hope we can go to to Widnes on uh, on Friday night and with with with. With a big effort, I think we can we can go there and turn them over. Yeah, uh, looking at the uh, three-word match reports, uh, Chris and Janet Shenton, uh, their man of the match was Josh Griffin. The three-word match report was what went wrong. Um, Hitman Handle, uh, don't give in. His man of the match was Sando, like we said, uh, was outstanding uh, for Warrington with his 40-20 kicks. Uh, Kevin McCallum, awful performance, depressed. Um, his man of the match was Soul Fans. wasn't too bad a performance, Paul. I wouldn't say depressed. It's more about the situation going on around the game rather than the actual performance itself. Yeah, but we, that's one thing we've got to eradicate now. I mean, moving into next season, we we can't afford to keep having off the field things, and I'm hoping that's going to be the last we we hear of this now. I mean, uh, we've got the um, the crowd trouble thing coming up this week, haven't we? I just hope once that's done, that all goes to bed because it does it has a negative effect on the players. I mean, the player don't tell me that wasn't on the players' mind. It must it must have been. Those players must feel short-changed, really, because they've worked hard this season. Like Ian Watson has been saying at his press conferences, they're a good, good squad. There's a real good spirit there, and they've been, they've had something taken away from them that, that they've earned, and that's bound to hurt them. So, um, so yeah, moving forward, let's just hope that's all going to be put behind us. Yeah, Nicholas Fletcher said mistakes cost us. Uh, Paul Foster, not great. That uh, I'd rather walk alone. Not good enough. Uh, Joe Farshaw, Greg can't slide. His man of the match was Josh Griffin. I suppose uh, he was unlucky um, that he, you know, he slid for the line. And sometimes, if, if, if it's wet, you glide over. But if it was dry, you, you bounce. And that's what's happened there. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and I thought um, he uh, he dived a bit too early, really, didn't he? He sort of he went a bit too early on the night. But, you know, it wasn't to be, was it? It was one of them. Well, I suppose if you, if you look back and you think, right, if you get that try, add that try, you, you add the Kennedy try, you may take one of Warrington's tries off. Yeah, it's a different game. Ten minute period of the game, 
in a jury in half time, you know, it, it becomes a different game altogether, Paul. And you know, it's, it's chances like that. That's what make the difference in Super League at the very top level. You've got to take. Yeah, it certainly is. Certainly is. If you said, I mean, I've done it a few times this season. You know, sat down and look at the games and gone through the fixtures and thought, God, if we'd have won there, if we'd have won there. And there's been loads of games this season that have been decided, haven't they? You know, we were saying the other week about we've not really been hammered. I mean, there's only the whole game and that game last last week where we've we've conceded 40 points in the whole care away game which was was close in the end anyway but there's been a lot of games this season where you know we've just a bit more game management and a bit more steel and that and a bit more what's the word I'm looking for you know what I mean though don't you where we've we've just come short haven't we Wigan yeah. away Wigan at home Warrington at home there's been loads of games haven't there where you know you had all those points on and we could have been in the top four and you've got to see you've had six points deducted as well so it's sometimes it's a fine line, isn't it, between that victory and you know coming up short. Well, I suppose you've got to keep going to the well, Paul. How, how often do you keep going to the well until you till, till you can't get to the well anymore? You know what I mean? We've we've done this. We've gone to teams and we get beat by one, we get beat by two, we get beat by four. That's got that gets in the players' heads. That surely that you keep going does, up, yeah. not able to not able to get make the difference. I I really don't know how, how you break that cycle for me. Because uh, obviously you you need to be able to start winning games like that. Even if you sort of look back through the games and say right half and half, like you said, half we win, half we lose. It totally yeah. changes our our league position. But unfortunately, yeah. we we haven't even managed to do that, and that's where we are now. Unfortunately. Yeah, well, I think that's a disappointing thing, and I think that'll be disappointing when we finish after the whole game and we have a look back before we start the mid and just look back at the season. Mm. I remember thinking, you know, a few months ago when we first heard about this points deduction, I thought, how good would it be to to get in the the top eight, even with it, with that six point deduction? And I think, really, looking back, there's there's at least there's, there's more than three games there that we should have won, so we could have made that that six points back, and that's probably going to be something that we'll we'll regret at the end of the season. But just looking at the squad and that, I think there's a makings of a really good side there. I think we are maybe two or three, maybe four players short of a really really good side. I think you've got the makings of it. There's, there's players in there. Gareth O'Brien came in and done really well this season. You know, Robert Louis. I think he could could be the be the one there to play at standoff. I'm not so sure about Dobson. I, I think Dobson's done really well this season, but is next season going to be a season too far from? I'm not too sure. But you've got guys there in the pack. You know, like some Mark Flanagan, George Griffin, Logan Tompkins. You've got the makings of a good side. Yeah. Other uh, three word match reports, Paul. We've got Adam uh, Middle Middles. It is his man of the match was Jones. Jones, uh, Dovan, Dovan White says bring on Batley. Uh, Louise Woodward Siles, still my club, um, and her man of the match was Josh Griffin. I think she's right there, I suppose. Through thin, thick, thinner, and even thinner, we've got to stick with the boys, haven't we? Of course we have, mate. Of course we have. I mean, it doesn't matter what league they're playing, they could play in a national conference league for me. You're still going to roll up every week, aren't you, and, and get behind, behind the team. And I think that, that was a comforting thing for me, you know. And uh, sounds a bit daftless, really, but Thursday going to the match, I felt really down and thought, you know, what, what's going to happen if there isn't any club anymore? What am I going to do? What am I going to do with myself at weekends? And that, I drive myself daft. I can't go and watch bloody Swinton or someone like that. I'm, I'm not going to have a club. And just talking to people at the game and the supporters, that all feel the same as you. And I thought that was that was good. That And even though we lost on Thursday, I went away from the game feeling feeling better with myself, really. I think I just needed a bit of a hug, really, Rob. But <laughs> no, I did. I felt a lot better. And Louise has just, put, just nailed it on the head there. It is our club. And... Uh, I just hope everybody sticks with us now, despite what happens with the ownership and whatever. I just hope we all stick together and for, the, for these middle eights. And I was, I was saying to somebody today, I think it'd be great now if we could go on and just attack that middle eights and finish top of it. And I think that would be really positive going into next season. Yeah. Uh, Trevor, Trevor Andrew Walker, uh, his man of the match mate was mate, Mason Caton-Brown. 
He says the Griffin brothers worked hard all game. On to witness, we need to win that to go uh, for ninth spot. It is important, Paul, that you know we we win as many games uh, we can now until the end of the season to get that ninth spot because having four home games make will make a huge difference. Yeah, it's massive. I can't wait for this Friday. It's a massive game. Um, you know, we go there with the right attitude. I think we can beat Witness. I mean, it sort of reminds me of last season going there in the middle eights. We went there and we, we did a real number on them, didn't we? We sort of went there, we tackled them into the ground and, and really knocked them off the game and, and come away with that win and that secured our place in Super League. I think if you go there on Friday with the right attitude, I think you can turn Witness over because, no, they're, they're in the top eight now. They you know, mathematically, I think they're more or less safe. You know, unless there's some like really weird scores, they're going to be in the top eight. So I think they might relax a bit. So you could catch them off guard, really, now, witness and uh, you know, really do it, do a number on them, and then that sort of might guarantee us ninth or tenth place, and we're out of the bottom two, and then we can really finish the season off against Hull at home, and then go into that that middle eights on the on the back of two wins. Yeah, uh, Paul King, his man of the match was heads not. Oh, his man of the match was Cop Jack, and his word match report was heads not right. Michael Farrington, not good enough, but the final one uh, from, from this week's uh, three-word match report was from Liz Wright, and she's put Salford, my Salford. Man of the match was the whole team. Let's get behind them 100% as they deserve all our support. Come on, Salford. Come on, Salford. few more words than three there, Paul, but that's the message that has to come out uh, and hopefully the players get uh, ahead of the uh, the middle eights that are coming up. Yeah, she's hit the nail on the head. That's, that's the attitude, and that that's, you know... It's great to hear that from the supporters. I think that's fantastic. And yeah, let's all get behind them on, on Friday night and let let those lads know that we're here. Because I feel sorry for Ian and the, and the players because you know the rugby football league and the tribunals they've had to, to do their job, haven't they? But those lads aren't responsible for that, and you know they deserve better. And I think they deserve our support and you know to get them over the line. So yeah, get if you, if you can get down to witness on on Friday, get down there and cheer them to victory. Yeah, cheers for that, Paul. So what we'll do now. We'll have a look what our amateur sides did uh, in your amateur port this week. Well, this week's amateur report, we have a look at the Salford Red Devils under-19s who travelled to Langtree Park on uh, Friday night for a match against St Helens and they were beaten by 46 points to 16. The tries coming from Luke Folden, Elliot Kane, Aaron Moore and there was two goals, one from Moore and one from Lewis Fairhurst. It was a tough uh, fixture for uh, for the young under-19s. You know, St Helens had played 14-1-14 and this went on to be their 15th win on the road. So the top of the table and flying high. So it was always going to be a tough fixture for the under-19s. But they gave a good account of themselves going down 46-16. The next fixture for Salford Red Devils under-19s is Widness at home. And that is this Thursday, the 14th of July, with a 7pm kickoff. Well, the National Conference Premier League, there was a game on Wednesday night between Wathbrow and Rochdale Mayfield. Wathbrow winning that one 24 points to 10. Mayfield were back in action on Saturday. They beat Egremont Rangers at home 46 points to 24. In Division 2, Saddleworth Rangers 27, Wigan St. Jude's 20. There was also a game in Division 2 between Salford City Roosters and Dewsbury Celtic. I'm going to come to that one in a minute because I've got a match report for that one for you. In Division 3, Oldham St. Anne's 28, Ryland Sharks 10 and East Moor Dragons 16, Waterhead 12. So going back to the Salford City Roosters, here's their match report from that match. Well, Salford City Roosters slipped five points behind fifth from Bretton Blackbrook after being held at home by Dewsbury Celtic, but maintained the two gap between themselves and the Dewsbury side, who are in the third relegation spot. With eight games left to play 
and six of them at home. The Roosters will have an opportunity to save themselves from a second successive relegation, but they badly need a confidence-boosting win. Back in April, the Roosters took a weakened side to Dewsbury, and after a run of early injuries, they left Dewsbury feeling unlucky to lose narrowly. This time there could be no excuses, the Roosters fielded a much stronger team and the scene was set for a victory. Unfortunately, Celtic hadn't, had not read the script. The Connor brothers, Ben and Joe, are badly missed long-term injuries, while John Brooks, Paul Morgan, Tom Pratt and Danny Trimble are also unavailable. Roosters were able to bring back able replacements with Christian Higgins, Martin Judge, Scott Bowden, John McAtee, Mark Gilligan, Adam Taha and George Kemp. Bradley White was moved to loose forward to accommodate Bowden. The game was slightly marred by an inexperienced referee who gave 26 penalties and 17 of them went to Celtic and he simmed in five players mostly due to overreaction because the game was played in good spirit but it was the same for both teams. Celtic were much faster out of the blocks and had much better the opening quarter going close on seven minutes when Higgins and Klaus Nidinga managed to bundle winger Adam Andy Smith into touch just short of the line then forcing a goal line dropout 12 minutes. When the scrum, Josh, Knoll, Josh Knowles chased his own kick to pressure Lee Salisbury into knocking the ball dead. On 26 minutes, Celtic had Danny Buckley simbing for a professional foul, preventing Higgins from taking a quick tap. But the, roost, the visitors still managed to prevent the Roosters getting over the try line. Although Salford did manage to take a lead with a long-distance penalty by Bradley White on 31 minutes. After Mark Jones took a high shot, that made the scores 2-0. They held on to the lead into the break, but have White to thank for that after he managed to get his body under the ball, preventing Reese Barbley getting the ball down under the crossbar a minute from the whistle. Straight from the restart, Liam Riley broke down the middle for Celtic, only to be hauled down short of the try line in an incident that saw White Simbin for holding down. Not only did Salford's five being a man down though, but they stretched their lead on 50 minutes. Lee Salford passed for Bowden to force the ball down halfway between the sticks and the corner, and the change kicker Alex Edwards tagged on the goal 8-0. The Roosters were in control at this point and forced a goal line dropout on 55 minutes when Nadinga chased Bowden's kick and Owen Smith kicked the ball dead. But on 61 minutes, Andrew Muscat pulled off a try-saving tackle on Jermaine Akadair at the other end. On 62 minutes, Celtic's nose was simbing for persistently slowing down the Roosters' attack illegally and two minutes later he was found, followed by Matt Sheridan, who could easily have seen red rather than yellow for a high tackle on Nadinga. That saw the young winger lead the field. Despite being down to 11 players, the Dewsbury outfit managed to keep the Roosters out and just as they got back to full strength on 74 minutes, they opened their account. A slick crossfield passing movement was finished off by Owen Smith diving over in the corner, although too far out for Akadair to convert 8 points to 4. Both defences were proving tough nuts to crack and points were clearly going to be hard to come by. So when White took a high penalty, high tackle on 77 minutes, he slotted over the penalty to make the scores 10-4. But this was the signal for the Yorkshire side to throw a caution to the wind and go for all-out attack with three minutes left. They were aided in their cause by a succession of penalties and after one such penalty, two minutes from time, Higgins was simbing for throwing a punch in case of mistaken identity. Celtic threw everything at the Roosters and as the game moved into the third minute of injury time, the home defence finally cracked and Barbele scored wide out. Akadair, who missed a similar effort from the wing, held his nerve to slot the goal brilliantly to make the scores 10 apiece and the referee blew up for the end of the game. It was heartbreaking for the Roosters and felt more like a defeat than a draw but it would not have been justice for their efforts if Celtic would have lost. A draw probably was a fair result. So the final score there, Salford City Roosters 10, Dewsbury Celtic 10.
So the fixtures for this week in the National Conference Leagues, they're all on Saturday the 16th of July, these matches, and it's Division 2 where we start. Saddleworth Rangers play Askham. In Division 3, it's Waterhead Warriors against Gateshead Storm and Drillington against Oldham St. Anne's. And it's also the RFL Conference Challenge Trophy quarterfinals this weekend. And it's Featherstone Lions against East Leeds, Inns Bridge against Milford Marlins, Rochdale Mayfield play Wigan St. Patrick's and Thato Heath Crusaders play Hunslet Club Parkside. We turn our attentions now to the North West Men's League. There's quite a few results and fixtures to get through there. We start off, as ever, on Friday night. It was the 8th of July. Manchester Rangers were in action. They were beaten at home by Lee Minor Rangers A by 20 points to 8. The rest of the results were on Saturday. We go to Division 1, where Folly Lane's match against Goldborn Partside was postponed. In Division 2, the game between Holton Farm with Hornets and Rochdale Mayfield A was postponed. Also in Division 2, Lee East A6, Berry Broncos 46, good win there for the Broncos. Uh, Pilkington Rex A and Oldham St. Anne's A was postponed. In Division 4, Bolton Mets 6, Manchester Rangers A60, Berry Broncos A against Rochdale Cobras was postponed. Colchef Eagles 34, Caddy's Head Rhino 6, Eccleston Lions 18, Little Houghton Red 6, West Horton Lions 49, Garswood Stags 26. In Division 5, there was a local derby between Langworthy Reds and Salford City Roosters A, which finished 32 points to 28 to the Langworthy Reds. Oral St James A, 24, Caddy's Head Rhinos, nil. In the entry division, there was one match there between the Mancunians and Bramley Buffaloes, and that finished 18 points to 28 to the Bramley Buffaloes. So the fixtures for this week, they're all on Saturday, these games. We start in Division 1 of the North West Men's League. It is Bamber Bridge against Folly Lane. In Division 2, Lee Minor Rangers A against Berry Broncos, Oldham St Anne's A against Halton Farm with Hornets and Pilkington Rex A against Manchester Rangers. In Division 4, it's Eccleston Lions against Caddy's Head Rhinos and Bolton Mets against the Coolchef Eagles. In Division 5, Liverpool Lions play Langworthy Reds and Caddy's Head Rhinos A play the Ashton Bears A. And finally, Salford City Roosters are at home to Clockface Miners A, that's Salford City Roosters A. Well, finally this week, we turn our attentions to the Northwest Youth Leagues. We start off with the results from the weekend just gone. In the Premier 1, it was Rochdale, 102, Lee East, 0. In the Premier 2, it was Waterhead, 18, Leyland, 0. In the under-16s Premier, Shevington, 12, Rochdale, 22. In Division 3, it was Colchef, 4, Folly Lane, 56. And moving on to the under-15s, Division 1, Saddleworth Rangers 16, Haysham Adams 20, Folly Lane 30, Burtonwood Bridge 6. Division 2 of the under-15s was South Trafford 30, Pilks 20, Rochdale Mayfield 10, Black Brook Blues 24. So moving on to the fixtures for this weekend in the Youth League. We start on Thursday night, it is the North West Youth Plate semi-final between Oldham and Salford. So good luck to the Salford lads in that one. That's Thursday night, the 21st of July. So that will be sorry. That will be a week on Thursday. That I'm just looking at the calendar. It's a week on Thursday. So um, this this Sunday is 17th of July, and the fixtures for this Sunday look like this. It's in the under 18s Premier One. Oral St James play Oldham St Anne's. Rochdale play Clockface. Also on Sunday in the under 16s is the North West Youth Plate semi-final between Saddleworth and West Bank. In the Premier Division, under eight, under 16s, it's Waterhead versus Wigan St. Jude's and Rochdale against Charlie. Division 2 of the under 16s, Wigan St. Cuthbert's versus Higginshaw and Dalton versus Salford. In Division 3, Langwevate play Leyland. Moving on to the under 15s, it's the Lancashire Cup Round 2. 
on Sunday between Waterhead and Shevington Sharks. In the Premier Division of the under-15s, it is Oldham St. Anne's versus Thato Heath. Division 1, Saddleworth Rangers versus Lee East and Folly Lane versus Hindley. And finally, in Division 2, Rochdale Mayfield play Thato Heath. South Trafford play Oral St. James and Caddy's and Rhinos play the Leyland Warriors. That's it for the Amateur Report this week. I'll see you next week. Brilliant, that Paul. So what we'll do now, we'll have a look at the uh, the game against Widnes uh, on Friday night. It's time for the Devil of the Details Big Match Preview. So Salford take on Widnes Vikings on Friday uh, night, Paul. Uh, both sides, obviously, Widnes in the top eight, us in the middle eights. But it's important that you know we get a victory uh, to build momentum ahead of the uh, challenges ahead. Yeah, it certainly is. And I was thinking the other day, I think I mentioned to you, oh, perhaps Witness might rest a few players, but they won't do, will they? Because they, they carry their points over. So really, they'll be targeting this game as a game they can win to to you know to, um, help them in, in their top eight challenge. So uh, I think it's going to be a, a really tough game against Witness. But we, we beat them twice this season, so I don't see any reason why we can't go there and... Uh, and get and get a result. So, uh, so yeah, I'm looking forward to Friday night. Yeah, I suppose our two victories so far this season, Park, it gives us a bit of a psychological advantage over them, uh, and hopefully we can you know make the most of that and, and post a third win. Yeah, it'd be nice. I mean, I've got I've got concerns. I must admit, like Paul said, witness really. You know, they 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 need the points now. Our our, our fate is sealed as such. Um, they're at home on that that you know that pitch, which does make a bit of a difference. But they are very hard to beat at home. Uh, and I believe they did okay last week at Saints as well. I know, you know, a little bit of form. We've got some really good players. Um, so I, I do I do worry a little bit, I must admit. Um, but, you know, I just hope the Salford players haven't, you know, after last Thursday, the decision and what happened at Warrington, haven't sort of put the queue on the rack and gone, that's, that's it. Because that'd be disappointing. They don't, the season we've had, we, you know, we don't deserve that. Um, but it'll be, it'll be an almighty tussle. And to be fair, most games that we play witness are, are, are usually quite good games. Yeah, and it's an opportunity uh, for the boys, Paul, uh, to show that our league position is a false one. Obviously, with our six-point deduction, we'd have been in the middle eights with uh, the top eights with with the likes of witness. And so it's an opportunity for the players to, to you know stick one up uh, witness and, and show them that we should be where they are. Yeah, of course it is, and I think it, like we've been saying in the previous weeks, it, I think it's, it's pretty important that we we finish either ninth or tenth, and uh, and get four home games. You know, in the in the middle eights because we're a good home side. I think we've been pretty good at home this season. We were we pretty good at home last season and uh, towards the end of the season and in the middle eight. So, I think that's that that's quite um quite a big thing for that, those four home games because that that middle eights I think is going to be really really tough. Um, I'm looking at the the fixtures what could come out. Again uh, yesterday, I mean, you look at the four championship sides. You probably you should be looking at beating them, but I'd rather play four at home than than four away. So if we can finish nine for our tenth, I think that'd be a, be a big bonus for us. But that's going to be tough. With um, I think Leeds are playing OK their last game, so one of them's going to win there. So we we really need to to win our last two games, really. Yeah, witness is uh, nineteen. We got Patrick Arvan, Kevin Brown, Jack Buchanan, Greg Burke, Hep K Hill, Jay Kapelkov. Christine, Connor Farrell, Riz Hanbury, Aaron Heremeyer, Chris Houston, Magif Luluai, Hans Makofia, Stefan Marsh, Joe Miller, Charlie Rushiman, Corey Thompson, Lloyd White, and Matty Whiteley Parker. Who's your danger man for witness? Who should we be looking out for? Oh, I think, you know, I think there's only one man, isn't there, every time with them that you've got to. 
Yeah, you've got to stop, and we did. We did it quite well in the second half at the Magic Weekend. That's that's Kevin Brown. Um, he's you know he, he just he controls everything Witness do and everything they do well. Without him, they're not the same team. But the other player who I, I don't know how many times he scored against us, uh, but he, he, Reese Hambry mm. from fullback. What you know, a, a dangerous player, really good pacer, gets through tackles. He's he's another man we we're going to have to watch. Um, their pack looks quite quite big. The one you've just read out there, it sounds like they've got nearly you know all the players in there. Um, so that's going to be a tussle for us up front. Hopefully, we, you know we've got all the bodies back. Um, but yeah, Kevin Brown and uh, Reese Hambry are, are two very very dangerous players, and they've got that guy on the wing. Um, is it Thompson? Corey Thompson. Corey is Thompson is there. Corey. Thompson. Yeah, he's he's scored a hat load of tries, and he's he's a really good player. And also, you know, their their backs look look quite dangerous um, but I think I think the one thing you've got to do is control the forwards control the pack uh, and try and get on the front foot something we couldn't really do against Warrington who you know let's be fair are a really good team um, so if you can contain the pack and keep Kevin Brown relatively quiet then you just never know but if you give Kevin Brown and, and Reese Henry time and space we, we could suffer badly yeah Winner's got plenty of strike power aren't they Paul like Savarvan on the wing, he's always, you know, there and there, there and thereabouts when it comes to try scoring. Yeah, they're a pretty quick team witness. Um, I also like the other half, but that Joe Miller, I think he's pretty pacey as well. And another guy who always seems to score against us is that Stefan Marsh as well, the the, the centre they got from from Wigan. So they have the, they like to move the ball, don't they, on that pitch? And uh, that always seems to play a part, doesn't it? You get a fast a fast game on there on that eye pitch at, um, yeah. at witness, and I think that's the way they'll be looking at playing it on. Uh, on Friday night, Kevin Brown, like Parky was saying there, he's always the danger man. But like I said, he he links well with um, that Joe Miller, a good half-back pair in them. And they've got a big pack as well. So we're going to have to be on our game on uh, on Friday night if we're going to get a result there at Witness. Yeah, uh, Salford's uh, 19. We've got Evels, Carney, Josh Griffin, Junior Sow, Rob Louis, Michael Dobson, Cop Jack, uh, George Griffin, Ben Murnett Masala, Wellerake, Mark Flanagan, O'Brien, uh, Ollie Krinicki. Uh, Greg Johnson, Tompkins, Jordan Warren, Mason Caton Brown, uh, Josh Jones, and uh, Simon Kenny uh, Parker. You know we've got a, quite a strong lineup there, um, and obviously we're going to hopefully going to test them on Thursday, uh, Friday, sorry. Yeah, obviously you know uh, Justin Carney back. I'm glad. I hope Pebbles gets a run. Um, I, I do. I do feel sorry for him. He's every time he plays, he he, he does something good. He, you know he scores or whatever he. He's such a talented young lad. Um, and the, the thing that holds him back is that he, he can play virtually anywhere. He's a bit of a Stefan Ratchford in that way. You know, he, where, where's he best? And I think that's that's a problem for him at the moment. But I'm glad to see him in the squad, so hopefully he might get a run. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, Carney in there and people like that, a bit more experience. Um, he, he doesn't look a bad squad overall. Uh, there's, there's only a few missing, isn't there? And, Looking at it, if our forwards there, I think just, just trying to look through the list, I think we've got a, you know a decent chance there. That's not a bad team for us. That uh, it's good, it's good to see, and um, hopefully, you know, our halfbacks have got a click, which is he's been uh, you know hot and cold recently. But uh, no, we're just having a look through the squad. It looks quite good. Yeah, we've got we've got a team there. I think uh, that will trouble uh, Widness, uh, Paul. Um, obviously, Carney back in contention. Uh, and Evel's also there. Um, four into two doesn't go. 
so what do you do? Do you bring the Carney and Evels back in, or do you keep um, Joe, uh, Kate and Brown and um, Johnson in? Bit of a conundrum, that Rob. Um, if you ask me, that I mean, I don't, I don't know. I think I thought Kate and Brown played well against Castleford. Um, and I'm not so sure he had the best of games against Warrington, but then again, I didn't think Junior South did that well in defence against Warrington. Mm-hmm. He looked, he looked poor. And the week before against Cassie was a bit dodgy in defence as well. So they've got a bit to think about there. But I am with Parkey. I'd like to see Nile Levels back in the side. I think he's um, he's too good a player not to be in the side. Really, you know, he has that bit of X factor, doesn't he, about him? Levels. He's explosive. He's got pace. He seems to score, and he always seems to do something exciting. And you know he's he's too good to be sat in the stands or sat on the bench. So I think I I like the way he played at Saints in the away game at St Helens. He played in the centre and he scored two tries. I think that night and he played really well. And you know maybe maybe slot him back in or who who did take out Josh Griffin? It's a bit of an headache for him. I don't know really to to be honest. But um, I think Carney will be back in, won't he? Definitely. Yeah, I think uh, for for me, I mean Josh Griffin hasn't looked hasn't looked fit. Doesn't. Not not just like that. It seems that he's, he shines out a little bit at the moment. Obviously, that, that injury is still in the back of his mind. And looking forward, you know, now he's not going to be with us next season. Is it worth, you know, trying Niall there or, you know, swapping a few things about getting him in? Shame Daniel Vito's not, not around again. I don't, I'm not really sure what's going on there. Um, but is it worth, you know, maybe giving Griff at least another week off and saving for the, the middle eights or, or whatever and just to give him that, you know, get him fit and a bit more time. Because he, he was rushed back in because we got injuries. Um, and, and maybe just stick Niall back in there. Um, he is a, you know, he is a conundrum. I mean, the, the other thing you could do, I mean, I don't know, our half-backs, like I say, haven't clicked that well recently. Would you maybe take Louis out and put O'Brien at half-back, Evels at forward? You know, there, there are choices there. Um, uh, but I think, look, is a is a tough a tough tough choice, um, but I, I can see them sticking with what they know, mm. but bringing probably bringing uh, Carney back in, um, and Nile might miss out again. Yeah, I suppose with Kronicki in the in the side, you've also got a bit of depth in the, in the forward as well. With obviously Jordan Warren there, uh, Flanagan, you know he puts pressure on them uh, to keep performing because he's a you know he can be a quite good unit, can't he, uh, Paul? Kranicki, yeah, yeah, he's not. We've not seen much of him this season, really. Have we? He's not um, not been around as much as he was sort of at the back end of last season. But yeah, he, he could be an handful on his day. Um, yeah, so I would, I would like to see him back in the in the side. I mean, I presume Sean, Sean, young Sean Kenny will be in, on the bench again. I thought mm. um, he was a bit unlucky, really, at Warrington. I thought he worked hard, but he was just um, he should have really scored that try when he dropped the ball over the line. But you know, I hope they don't. You know, kick him out of the side now. I hope he gets a bit of a run because uh, I think he'll grow in confidence and be, be a decent player. He looks like uh, he's got a bit of potential in him there. Yeah, so yeah, um, I, I agree with that. I think he, you know, especially I mean, his first game uh, against Cassie, you know, he came in at, at very short notice. Can't train that much with the team, I wouldn't have thought. And I think he did well. And at Warrington, you do. I think we need a bit more. You know, a bit more protection. I don't think our forwards maybe stepped up as much as they could. So you know, as a hooker, you're going to get through. You're going to have to do a lot of work, and things are going to happen. It, you know, a young lad against his, the team he's just left, he probably might have tried a little bit too much. Um, but going back to Krasnichi, I mean, having him back, I mean, I would like to see Lannan back in the squad. I don't, I don't, again, don't really know what's happening. Whether he's just not fit or, or whatever, but he's been um, playing at North Wales Crusaders. Pack. Yeah, he played for them that, on uh, that, on that's Sunday. That's what's surprising. But it would, you know, you could. 
you could bring one of them in and move Josh Jones back to you know into the centres where I think he's I think he's devastating at times. Uh, you know, take Griffin out and you know mix it up a little bit that way. So he does having having another forward in there does help, and that is something that we are going to have to address for next season. But um, yeah, there's a few a few tough choices really. Um, but I I can see him going with more or less the same team. But um, I, I yeah maybe maybe move uh, Jones into the into the centre and and give uh, give Griff a rest. It shows how important Josh Jones has become to the side, uh, Paul. That you know he, he plays in the second row, he puts in a great performance. Plays in the in the centre, puts in a great performance. And um, Ian Watson is he's happy to move him around, you know, position positional wise, and he and he pre- performs in both. Yeah, he's a pretty versatile player, uh, Jones. I mean, I thought he had a bit of a quiet start to the season, but he, he's come into it and he's coming to his own. He, he looks dangerous now, um, whether he plays second row or centre. So, so yeah, like Parky says, there, there's plenty of options, isn't there? And you know, even the halfback one there maybe move Gareth O'Brien to stand off, but I don't, I'm not so sure about that one. But with Robert Louis, I think he's been quiet the last few weeks. I know he did a bit of a cameo towards the end of the Warrington game, but we didn't really see him much in that game. I think, you know, with him, he seems a bit of a sort of a confidence player and I think sometimes he needs to believe in his ability a bit more because, you know, he's got plenty of ability and if he sort of runs at the line and takes him on, you know, he can do brilliant things. So, so yeah, there's there's plenty for um, to, for Tim Sheens and Ian Watson to, to look at there and uh, I'm sure they'll, uh, they'll make the right decision anyway. Yeah, uh, give us your score prediction, uh, Paul. Which Paul? You, Paul. Oh me, yeah. me. Um, I'm gonna go 28-18 to Salford. Cool. And what about you, Parky? What do you reckon? Um, I don't like to 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 be negative, but I think it might just be you know a little bit too much for us. I'd I'd say, uh, Widnes 22, Salford 14. I'm gonna go. Widnes 10, Salford 36. I'm thinking. You know, after our, you know, points deduction, and we'll all get ourselves together over the uh, over the last week, and I'll be fired up, ready to uh, to show that we're not gonna fold in this mid lakes. And I've got a funny feeling witness are gonna get a good hiding on um, Friday. They're gonna get what's coming to them, Rob. Yeah, that's what, that's <laughs> they're gonna get a good hiding, and the and the boys are hopefully gonna be up for it. You know, with what's going on, someone's gonna get the uh, the uh, the backlash. I think. So that was the end of another podcast. Enjoy yourself, Parker. Oh, brilliant, Rob. Absolutely brilliant. Delighted to, to, to talk to you both. Cool. Another good podcast, Paul. You enjoyed this one? Yeah, really enjoyed it, mate. And uh, I'm really looking forward to, to Friday night and uh, getting uh, getting back onto winning ways. Cool. And now you can find us on uh, Facebook, Devil in the Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter, at D-I-T-D S-R-D. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, RL Internet Radio, and also League Cast App. Uh, which is basically a, an app where all the podcasts are in one place, as well as Rugby League Internet Radio. So uh, it's a good thing that uh, Paul, that you know, we we can actually uh, you know listen to other pe- other teams' podcasts in in one place. Yeah, isn't it? It's nice to see what other teams are doing and you know how, how they feel about about their clubs. They're all sort of passionate supporters, just like us, and you know, looking at it from you know sometimes an outsider looking in it. You know, it's really interesting, isn't it? But yeah, it's it's good that and. Uh, yeah, long may it continue. Cool. So thanks for tuning in to this week's Devil in the Detail and we'll uh, we'll see you next week.